Now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. I'm your host, Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach's is located over at 6169 North Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. Currently closed, but opening back up in just a couple of weeks, so make sure you get over to Coach's for some Cubs games. Got a very special guest today on the Cubs Corner, Maddie Lee. Thank you for joining us, Maddie. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, the Cubs, last time we talked to you listeners here, they were finishing up their homestand Memorial Day weekend, and then Tuesday and Wednesday against the Rays, ended up taking two out of three from the best team in baseball, and then embarked on a pretty lengthy West Coast road trip, which started with four games against the Padres, which the Cubs split, Um, and then game one against the Angels was yesterday. The Cubs had a lead, but which has been the case in a lot of games in their recent skid, Blew that lead um, thanks to poor pitching out of the bullpen. So, Maddie, uh, first and foremost, how is it out west? It's nice. The weather's been good. <laughs> um, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough schedule that they've had two of these long West Coast trips to start off. Um, but, you know, 10 days on the West Coast with no days off in between is long for us writers, too. But, you know, I love California. I can't complain. All righty. Well, the one thing Cubs fans can complain about, and trust me, if you've been on Twitter, they have a lot, uh, has been the bullpen. So I'm going to ask this question to you um, before we get into to some of the numbers of it. Just if, if you were the manager and you got a full-rested bullpen, you got six shutout innings from your starting pitcher, and you needed three um, to close the game down, maybe a, a one- or two-run lead, who's pitching your seventh, eighth, and ninth? Well, I mean... It really, there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? Right. Uh, it's so much easier when you have an established closer and you can work backwards, and the Cubs just don't have that. So really, the question boils down to who is their best reliever? And I don't know that that's a consistent answer. Mark Leiter Jr. has been fantastic for them in like much higher leverage spots than we probably expected him to be in going into the season uh and like you've seen he's had a couple games where he's just not on and then 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 the whole plan <laughs> kind of crumbles right so and he's great against lefties david ross has saved him for some of those pockets Um, So he's one guy who you can work backwards from if that's how you're going to do it. Albert Alzlai is another guy who has been fantastic in a a really tough role, right? Like he's both doing multi-inning and high leverage, and that's not easy. And he's really shown in some of those spots. But, I mean, you, you started this off saying fully rested, right? The trouble with having one of your best relievers in a multi-inning role is they can't pitch him every day and he's done a great job at at some of those back-to-backs and that's not something that he'd done a lot prior to this year um so he's kind of the guy that Ross will save for righty pockets towards the ends of games and then Julian Merriweather has gained a lot of trust he kind of started off rocky but has become a semi-consistent seventh inning guy 
Michael Fulmer has looked good recently, but we've also seen spots, especially against the Dodgers, as Cubs fans have seared into their memories, <laughs> where, you know, he'll he'll give up a, a really timely hit that just kind of torpedoes the game. And some of those are unlucky and some of them have been very hard hit. Uh, so there's, I know you wanted one simple answer, but so much depends on the matchups and, and really who, who is on at that time and who is feeling good, even if it's, you know, even if they are fully rested. So that's going to be my very convoluted, answer to a very straightforward question right and and it has been complicated and and it's sometimes hard to to blame you know david ross for who comes in in certain situations just because that collection of bullpen pieces isn't near the top in baseball so fans really shouldn't be expecting them to perform like they are um near the top of baseball but you mentioned those three names um those are the three that i kind of had circled um some combination of Merriweather, Alzali, and Leiter would be my 7th, 8th, and ninth, just because that's who's done it the most and the most well um, so far this season. Fulmer kind of started the season in that 8th, ninth inning role, and it kind of was a disaster, but it's been a lot better in you know 6th or 7th innings. Um, so I do have a little bit of confidence from him. Um, and you just kind of go up and down the line of some of the people in the bullpen that you would have expected to have really strong seasons like um, Keegan Thompson is a name that sticks out and he's currently in the minor leagues. Brandon Hughes as the, the token lefty of the group hasn't been all that great. Um, and like the acquisitions of, of Fulmer and Boxberger, I think many expected to kind of go a different way as well. Um, and obviously this team isn't going to be, buying per se at the trade deadline but do you think that there is a move whether it be in AAA or somewhere on the market that they could improve this bullpen somewhat as the season continues i think there's two parts to that question right i don't think that we can there is a scenario we'll see how likely it ends up being where they do buy at the deadline right if these guys can go on a good run and and really show that they can compete for this very winnable division. If it was another division, that would be a different story. But this division, if they go on a on a run and the rest of the division keeps performing about how they have, then they have a real shot to the players have a real shot to send a message to the front office of like, hey, put the resources in, like we can do something here. And I think, you know, at, at this point in coming out of the rebuild there is value in postseason experience and and doing that together as a group and so i don't think that's a definite no right of course if they don't go on that run then then that's a, a different calculation right and if right. they really crash and burn then they're obviously selling if they end up in some middle ground we talked to jed hoyer yesterday and, and he talked about how tough that gray area is so we don't really know what they do in that sort of situation um even in a very winnable division so with with that caveat um I, yes there are also other options to strengthen the bullpen internally right and we'll see how how some of some of those pan out because it's a lot of young guys we don't know 
how they're going to do when they come up. But, you know, Palencia is a guy who comes to mind who the Cubs have transitioned into a bullpen role and who just he throws, like, up to 102. And that's that's an intriguing option there. Um, and then, you know, a guy like Ben Brown, he's a starter, but we've seen them before take those guys who they expect to be starters in the long run, but then use them at first in a bullpen role, like Wesneski is an example, Justin Seals an example. And so guys like that you could definitely see coming along at some point in the season, depending on how everything plays out. Yeah, for sure. And and the other thing is uh, there are some injuries in the bullpen. Obviously, Cody Hoyer hasn't thrown a pitch this season, but many expected him to be a big part of those high ev- high leverage innings toward the back end of a game. And Brad Boxberger was kind of pitching those innings before his injury. So if you could get both of those guys back, in a way, that could kind of feel like a, an acquisition in and of itself. Absolutely. And Cody Hoyer had... You know, ups and downs in his in his first season with the Cubs, but you know they think that a lot of that could have been because of the injury. Um, and so, obviously, Tommy John rehab is a lot, and the Cubs have extended that rehab assignment to try to make sure that they they get him completely right and and address some of the you know com- command control things, especially with off speed pitches that he's been trying to work out, but. Absolutely. He's been a guy who they've had circled and who even when he went on the on the IO last year when he had the surgery, you looked at him like, Okay, if if everything goes smoothly, he almost serves as kind of that mid season acquisition if he can come back. So they definitely have high hopes for him and Brad Boxberger is getting close to a rehab assignment here soon. So yes, th- those are definitely guys who you can you can pencil in it as being reinforcements at some point. And and I personally still have a lot of faith in in Keegan Thompson. Um, I think I would assume before this season's over, we see him back in the pros and and back toward um, the seventh, eighth, maybe even ninth inning um, because he was really really good last season in those high leverage innings and really good at the beginning of this season. Um, in those innings as well before he hit that kind of rough spot in May. Um, is, is that a guy you would also believe would be back in the pros this season? For sure. Um, he His numbers are head-scratching because when they sent him down, he was getting first pitch strikes at one of the best rates on the team. I believe he was third. Um, but then it was just a lot of non-competitive pitches. So they're working through that. You know, the walk rate was obviously up even when he was performing well at the beginning of the season. And so if they can get him right and get him back to where he what he was doing last year, that's a huge weapon. And I think part of that, too, is role, right? They tried to transition him into a different type of role where he wasn't just doing multi-innings. He was also trying to do essentially what Alzala is doing right now. Right. You can do the one, the multi-inning, but you can also just do a one-inning sprint, and you're doing back-to-backs or being used more often as opposed to the more structured, like you're going to come in for two to three innings, and then you're going to get a few days rest, and then we'll use you in the same in the same way and so 
that recovery piece was definitely tough. And so part of what they're doing also is getting him back stretched out. Um, the numbers in AAA haven't been good so far, but, you know, that's, that's why he's there, to work on these things, work, work them out. And sometimes the numbers don't look great when you are trying to, to hone in on, on shapes or whatever you may be working on. The results don't always match up, and that's kind of why they wanted to give him that break, right, so that he wasn't working through these things and then going in there and, and needing to, to put up the numbers as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned uh, Thompson is one guy whose numbers haven't been too great in AAA. I'm going to shift gears into somebody who has been really good in AAA, hitting over 400 since getting sent down. Uh, Nick Madrigal looks like a much different hitter um, in Iowa, including a home run, which is something we haven't seen yet in a Cubs uniform, I don't believe. Um, so I, I just wanted to ask what you think the Cubs' plan is with him. Is that somebody that they're trying to – correct and get back to the big leagues and, and back into the, the conversation at third base and designated hitter? Or, or what do you think with Nick Madrigal? Yeah, I, I think they, they believe in the potential they saw when they, when they acquired him, right? So before the injury, his injury with the White Sox, he was a guy who the contact rate was insane, right? He, he hit his entire career going back through college that was really his bread and butter but he wasn't just putting balls on the ground right he could put something into the outfield um and and that's a valuable skill set to have the Cubs just haven't seen it yet and it's tough coming back from such such a serious injury like a like a torn hamstring and so I think it's been a slower process than maybe we expected coming in and probably slower than he thought coming in. Like he talked about how good he felt rebounding from that hamstring injury in you know, his first season with the Cubs. But there's so many things that, you know, you might feel good, but it wasn't until this year that the Cubs were talking about, like, oh, yeah, look, he's moving way better than he was last year. So even if you aren't physically still in rehab for an injury, there are little things that might not come back for a while. I think we saw that with him, and he wasn't getting every day at that. So there just wasn't a space or an opportunity for him to do that. And so he started off the season pretty well, but it's tough when you're – you're, you aren't getting that consistency. And so now that he has that consistency, he's really shining. Um, you know, I think the Cubs would love for him to to be able to make those adjustments and, and become the player that they saw when they went and got him. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how he continues and how, how he can sustain this. But, you know, obviously you aren't, you always root for guy. You don't root for teams as a as a writer, but you root for guys to have good careers and it's really all across the league. And when you see a guy go through an injury and really struggle to come back, it's always a good story if they can actually make that comeback fully. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure the Cubs and Cubs fans would love to to finally have that you know near 300 hitting contact oriented batter in the lineup we just haven't seen that version of him yet but it looks like it's 
kind of coming into form in Iowa. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as the season kind of moves forward. You said you guys talked to, to Jed Hoyer yesterday. Were there any updates on Cody Bellinger or Justin Steele's injuries? Bellinger's going on a rehab assignment at some point somewhere. Okay. <laughs> really where they're at now. Um, you know, he's, he's still progressing in his, that the running program is really the last thing. So once he gets to a spot where he's fully cleared and can go out on a rehab assignment, they will do that. Um, it isn't clear yet whether that will be in Arizona or at a, an affiliate. Um, Justin Steele's still on track to make kind of what would have been that third start after his injury. Um, so he he's doing a, a light bullpen either today or yesterday. Um, and then, and then a couple bullpens before they get him back. So that's definitely good news, especially with the way Steele um, had been pitching and, and Bellinger too. But the one thing I wanted to, to say is Mike Talkman's done a really, really good job in center field with Bellinger sideline this time around. Um, OPS of 740 hitting nearly 300 in his 16 uh, games played. Do you think he's played himself into a roster spot once Bellinger does come back, or would there be no room for him, you think? Oh, they definitely could maneuver some things to, to keep them both on the roster. I think they've been really pleased with what he's done Mm -hmm. in in a short time you know of course he has to continue to keep playing well but yeah I think he's done really well for himself in this limited opportunity really showing what he can do yeah absolutely and and you talk about another guy that had huge expectations and and came up um, with Matt Mervis tearing up every level of affiliated baseball that he could until he got to the big leagues. And I don't think it's very surprising to many that he has faced his fair share of struggles. But um, my question for you is, do you think if those struggles continue, he gets sent back down to the minor leagues? Or do you think, especially because the Cubs don't have an immediate plan at first base, if those are are things they're going to let him figure out at the big league level? I think so far they've proven that they have a pretty long leash for him and, and want, they know they've done this before plenty of times, right? Where you don't know how a guy is going to react to the big leagues and you have to let him figure it out there for a while. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so corny to say, but development isn't linear. And so if once if the things get to a point where they think, hey, we just got to get him back to a place where he's confident, he's in a groove, and maybe tr- sending him back down to AAA for a while is the best thing for him. And then, you know, you can get that confidence, get that rhythm, and then bring him back up at some point. So I don't think, I think all of those things are absolutely possibilities. And it, it really the plan varies from from player to player, and the Cubs do have those first base options behind him where they'll be fine. Absolutely, and in the last few seasons, um, we've seen the Cubs be very busy at the trade deadline, and this season, especially with the way it started, it looked like the Cubs had made enough moves over the offseason where they might be kind of trending toward that buying area as opposed to that selling area, but 
the last month plus or so has kind of uh, shifted a lot of people's perspective on that. But just the way with this roster is constructed, the players who typically would be tradable haven't been playing all that well. And then the players who are under contract for a while are typically not ones that are, you know, waved around to potentially be dealt at the deadline. The two big names that people have um, began to drive up rumors about um, or suspicion is Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger. Bellinger, obviously, because he's on his one-year prove-it deal, and Stroman because he could opt out. Obviously, Stroman said a few weeks ago, I think, that he would rather be extended than be traded, and obviously a move like Jan Gomes or Mike Talkman or somebody, Patrick Wisdom, could find a suitor somewhere. But would you say it's more likely that players like Bellinger or Stroman are on the team come August or not? I think it's really a toss-up right now. Um, like I said, so many things can happen. We saw it in 21, right? The team looked really good to start the year, and then mm-hmm. they went on that 11-game losing streak, and that determined what they were going to do at the deadline. So we could see a similar thing, either direction going forward. Um, so I think it's too early to call it, but if the Cubs do decide to sell obviously Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger are the guys who they could get the most back for so it'll be interesting I mean that would also really set the set their trajectory for the second half of the season and you have guys on this team who have signed on for multiple years and you have a guy I wrote about this yesterday. Uh, I, just going over the entire trade deadline scenario, but I mentioned you've got a guy in Dansby Swanson who made it so clear from the beginning that he wants to win. Mm-hmm. And, of course, right now, he's a competitor. He's looking at this like, all right, we've got to we've got to make sure that we're playing up to our standard and that we're winning and that, you know, they kind of recapture what they were doing early in the season. But he's also a guy who was on a Braves team that was below 500 at the deadline and then went and we're like, all right, we still think that we can, we can go on a run here. And they, went out and got a bunch of pieces and they won a world series. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's a harder sell for, for a guy who's seen that. I mean, of course, if they crash and burn and are completely out of contention, it's harder to make the case for buying, but you know, they're, they aren't in the same situation as they were last year where it was just clear that they were still in rebuild mode, right? They've they've started to really pull themselves out of that, and and with that comes players who are who really want to win and really want to to go on a playoff run. And of course, some of that's in their hands, but some of that's also in the front office's hand as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Swanson, obviously here for seven years with the focus on winning. So hopefully the Cubs are able to to turn that around because if you sell at the deadline, that probably delays winning at least a little bit longer. But 
Um, still a month plus until that deadline comes, so we'll have to keep an eye on on all of those things. But Maddie, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it was a pleasure. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner, as always, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.